Hey, what's up? This is Babbleheads. I am your co-host, Jesse. Hey, this is Eric. And uh, we are back. Uh, a little bit of a break, um, but here we are uh, and our active seasons. Uh, yeah. And uh, which is obviously we're in the, the heat of the most probably, I mean, I think it's safe to say, Eric, you can uh, you can weigh in. Uh, as you have been an NFL fan, uh, safe to say, your whole life. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing like uh, NF- the NFL playoffs. It's so, like, uh, I feel like everybody, even people who aren't really huge diehard football fans, just get enamored and, you know, get captivated by this, you know, January football for sure. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's arguably the most exciting postseason. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge football fan, but I think it's right there with, uh, I mean, I put March Madness pretty high. March Madness is always really fun when it comes to that, but definitely the NFL playoffs are always really fun, and then there's a lot of, uh, you're always getting surprised by a team, and then there's always a team that, like the Patriots this year, where everyone counts them out, but yeah, somehow they just come out and they they just whoop some ass. Yeah, every time you can never, as we've said before, you can't can't ever discount Tom Brady and you can't ever write him off because he's always uh talk about just a I mean we've talked about it on here but what a career he just keeps you know at 41 years old he's in the you know he's in the AFC championship game yet again it's it's kind of unprecedented what he the consistency that he's been able to keep especially people kind of forget that too the all the moving parts that happen within the Patriots organization even though they have some obviously the their monuments in the organization being Brady and Belichick. I, I feel like, and even Gronk obviously has been there for a while, but you, they you switch people out, but the consistency of greatness and accuracy still stays the same, it seems like, within the Patriots organization. Yeah, well, this year was kind of weird for them. Um, it's funny because so many people counted them out, like, because they had to struggle. Well, this is what's funny. is like people say, oh, they struggled this year, but, like, they still dominated their division. They still have a first-round bye in the playoffs. So, like, what more could you really ask for? I just think, like, kind of what we've been talking about in previous weeks, um, there's so many young, exciting players right now that, you know, Brady's kind of taking a backseat because he's obviously maybe wasn't to his fullest form this year, of course. But the guy's still, uh, I mean, it's still an unstoppable team. And anybody who says they expected them to come out against the Chargers and do what they did is, is, is lying because no I know that the, the Chargers defense has been great their offense has been moving the ball and, and the Patriots frankly made them look silly so I I mean yeah and we're die obviously we, we are diving right into the playoffs here uh yeah, right into the NFL playoffs you know um but it's yeah it was just uh you know what though i really i really thought i was just like wow this might be the time where philip rivers gets over the hump and you know we could see him in the uh, in an AFC Championship uh, game and possibly moving on to the Super Bowl. And it was it was just uh, you know they they made a little bit of a, a gun at the end, but it was just it was total domination by uh, by the Patriots. And uh, I think I think everyone was kind of a little you know taken back. You're like holy shit! Like I think it, that was Tom Brady's reminder. Like. You know, did did you forget who the hell I am? Oh, 100%. Like I said, I mean, I mean, all year people were kind of counting them out, even though they still had a solid season. I mean, they still – a couple key – you know, a couple losses. Obviously, the Steelers beat them, which was uh, good in my eyes, of course. But, um, 
you know, a couple of losses, and, and it's like they're counted out. But like I said, they're still top of the AFC, first round by. And I got to think personally, I mean, going into this game with Kansas City and this AFC championship game this week, it's hard for me to bet against them. I mean, how do you bet against uh, Brady and Belichick in the AFC championship game? You just don't. Exactly. I mean, you're you're foolish if you do. And you you know, it's a uh, it's you know maybe that drives maybe that drives uh, you know uh, people like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to really to do something really spectacular. But for them to come out here and I'm expecting a very competitive football game. I do not expect. I mean. But then again, you can ne- you never know. You never know what I mean. You know what Tom Brady you're getting, especially in the postseason. But I mean, will we see? You know, do you think if for some reason the Kansas City Chiefs come out and put on a clinic, and I'm not saying blow out the Patriots, but they put up a really competitive effort and they come out ahead, do you see that as the changing of the tide in the AFC as far as dominance? I mean, it's still, like I still think. I mean, it's definitely like we've talked about in the in previous episodes. Is um, you know, it's a cha- there's a changing of the tide with a, with the young talent. I, I just think that I wouldn't say it's over for for Brady in the, in the Patriots by any means, but but there is a new class that's moving in and are you know the guys that are gonna you know the the Goffs the Mahomes uh, in the entire league that are moving in that will be around for the next fifteen years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say that honestly. I mean, within the next couple of years, you're definitely gonna see like a huge change in in, in the landscape of of the AFC especially because there's a lot of aging quarterbacks, guys who are still playing well, but you never know how much longer they have. I mean, Brady, you know, uh, Roethlisberger, and, you know, even Rivers. Like, obviously these guys are all still very capable, but you just never know what you're going to get. The Steelers obviously going through uh, a lot of controversy right now with, with Antonio Brown and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, if the Chiefs were to come out and win, I don't think it's necessarily... It's like a it's a changing of uh, of the guard of the AFC, but um, you know it definitely speaks volumes. So, you know, all that being said about the Patriots, I think they have their hands full. Definitely, I mean, the Chiefs are a high powered offense. They have athletes everywhere. They have arguably the best tight end in football uh, in Kelsey. They have probably the fastest receiver in the game with uh, Cheetah there, and then they, you know they have arguably one of the most athletic. And uh, huge arm quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time. So it's going to be tough for the Patriots, definitely. And, and the thing, I, uh, you know, when you look at it, is the Chiefs' defense has been questioned all year. And I, that's, I kind of think that this game is going to be a defensive a bit, game. A little bit of a shootout, actually, I think. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. I think, because uh, I don't think either defense is, is really that super powerful. And I think that both offenses are very high powered. So, um, you know, I expect I expect a high scoring game. I, I expect in the in the high thirties, to be honest with you. I mean, so I think, uh, let's hear let's hear your prediction. Give us a score and give us a, a winner. Oof, it's so tough. It's so tough, but um, I think it's going to be something like thirty eight, thirty one, something like that. Patriots probably. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. It's tough for me to to bet against uh, the Patriots, so I'm just going to stick with it. Plus. I know Andy Reid's won now, but he he's always had a little bit of issues in the playoffs. I know I know they got past the they've got to where they are now, but I still think um, yeah, I just got to go to the Patriots. But I think high scoring, high thirties, so thirty eight, thirty one, something like that, thirty eight, thirty four. 
um, in that range. So I am going 35-42, and the winner and my my Super Bowl pick, my Super Bowl winner that I've said since uh, before the se- when the season started, and of course when we started this podcast months ago, um, I'm going with the Patriots as a win, uh, 42-35 Patriots. In in this game this week, you're saying? Yes, sir. I like it. I like it. I also find it funny because we have a good friend named uh, Sean who is a diehard Patriots fan, and when you talk to him, you always bust the Patriots. But I knew in the back of my head when he was talking to me about that, I knew that you you thought the Patriots were going to win it all, so I found that funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I really do. I mean... And I and I feel like uh, Brady did receive obviously a third Super Bowl loss, but I don't care what anybody says. When you've been there as much as he has, I mean, he's lost. Yes, he's lost three, uh, but you just—I really do think he's. I, I like you said, you just can't you can't ever discount or doubt what he is capable of, and uh, I have him winning the whole thing, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, it's it's so hard to think that he couldn't do it or there's a doubt that he couldn't do it. If the Patriots fail or falter, I don't think it's, unless he throws a gigantic pick that puts uh, that puts the Chiefs over or, or you know, same thing, whoever they could possibly, if they make it to the Super Bowl, meet in the, uh, from the NFC, I just don't, you know, he isn't going to be the reason they lose. I feel like rarely he is the reason that they actually lose football games. Right. No, I agree. But um, let's change pace and go to the other side of the NFC with the Saints versus the Rams. How are you feeling about that game? Uh, Saints and Rams. I, you know what? I really think the Saints are, I think, I as much as I would love to see a Rams, uh, a Rams Chiefs, uh, Super Bowl. I don't think we're getting it. Not this year anyway. Um, I think the Saints are going to put on a clinic. I think Drew Brees is out there to prove something and I think uh, I think they're going to beat the Chargers and I got them beating the Chargers. Uh, nothing uh, nothing crazy though. I got it 21. You mean the Rams. You mean the Rams right? Yes. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, um, yes. Uh, so I got the, uh, Saints winning 24 to 21 against the char- or Chargers. I keep saying Chargers. Too many fucking, uh, pardon my French. Too many, uh, too many friggin', uh, LA teams now. Um, yes, being the Rams. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, you're good. I, uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna go different here. I think, uh, the Rams are gonna win, and, and there's two reasons why. I do think, uh, obviously I love, I do love the Saints. I, I actually love Drew Brees. I think he's, uh, one of the greatest football players ever, and I think he's a great human being. I, I actually love everything about him. Um, but I think the Rams are going to win it for two reasons. One, I just think they have the better defense. They have they have superstars everywhere on that defense. And two, I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty much like they did last week. I think they they have they have the best running back in football, arguably maybe not the best, but right up there. Um, I, I I think he is. And 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 the way CJ. Um, C.J. Anderson last week stepped up and just went nuts. I, I just think that the Saints' defense has always been kind of their Achilles a little bit. I know they've had a better year this year, but I think the Rams will be able to control the ball, and I think Jared Goff won't have to do too much, a lot like last week. like they, He didn't really have to do too much. I mean, his defense and his running game really helped him. 
and that's the reason why I kind of think that they're gonna the Rams are gonna squeak it out. And uh, yeah, so I, I just think that it's gonna be a hard fought game, but uh, it's exciting because you got, like I said, on both sides, you got the the touted uh, older veteran superstar quarterbacks going against these young uh, up and coming uh, uh, studs themselves. You know what I mean? These future right. The, future of the nfl so it's, it's really interesting to see i mean you know imagine if it's brady versus breeze or imagine if it if it's uh goff um versus mahomes that would be uh both would be exciting or if it's one versus the other you know it's, it's really cool and i think that's that's kind of how the media would portray it if uh, the saints and the patriots end up winning they're going to talk about how the veterans and stuff like that and if it's the opposite way they're going to talk about the new guard of the nfl all these young studs coming in and then if it's if it's one of the older guys versus the, the younger guys, they're gonna, you know, the the old versus the new, and the, and it's just, I, I think it's a, it's a win win either way for the NFL, to be honest with you, and uh, you know whoever makes it, I'm ex- I'm just excited to being a football fan. I'm just excited to, to watch and, and see. So I don't have a team to root for per se. So uh, so I'm excited for it. Uh, it. It does make it a little more fun. I mean, obviously our teams are not in the in contention this year um but it does make it a little fun when you're not rooting for anybody you can kind of just sit back and really be impressed by whoever wins exactly yeah and i think it's just gonna be really fun it's gonna be really fun the next two like obviously the, the championship games are gonna be really fun and then the super bowl whoever's in it out of these four teams is gonna be really fun as well so um i'm excited so your pick is the are the uh the la rams yeah, I'm going to go Rams-Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl. And then, uh, I don't know, that would be a tough game to pick for me. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll do another another episode and talk about that, But if that's what it is. But, yeah, my my champion in my Super Bowl is, is the Rams versus uh, the Patriots, which is a little bit of change of pace because I know before I actually predicted the Saints to go. But, I don't know, I'm kind of just I'm just on that Rams bandwagon right now, so. I'm uh yeah I'm sticking with my uh, my Patriots uh, going to the Super Bowl and winning it all so it's going to be very very interesting to see see what uh what and that's that's a Bills fan talking right there yeah so, so I mean if there's any testament to how uh, great Tom Brady is you're hearing that from a Buffalo uh, Bills fan NFL wise uh, oh well so uh, big news from the Kyler Murray who was uh, the quarterback Heisman Trophy winner from Oklahoma he declared for the draft so that's a big deal because he. He was a first-round draft pick in baseball as well, so they were, he was kind of deciding if he's either going to play baseball or, where's, or play football. Where's he end up? I don't know. I mean, I, it's 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 interesting. I think he can end up. There's a couple teams right offhand that need a quarterback that I think that could maybe do it. Like the Cardinals have the number one overall pick, and their new coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury actually lo- he loves uh, uh, Murray. He's he said it in the past he used to coach for Texas Tech, but. Um, I don't think they take a quarterback though, just because they took one first last year, and I think it would be dumb. Uh, it would be a dumb move for the franchise. The two other teams uh, that I think about are the the Jaguars and the Giants, both probably in the market for a quarterback. They both pick in the top ten. Um, so one of those two teams could e- could easily get it, and I think uh, get him. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, where where he'll end up because no one really knows. Last year. There was so much hype for all these quarterbacks, and there was, you know, there was Baker Mayfield hype, but nothing. Nobody thought he was going to go number one overall. So uh, you don't, you don't really know until it gets there. But yeah, I think he definitely goes top fifteen, probably. Uh, there's got to. It's just the way the game is changing. He's not the biggest guy, but he's so athletic and he has such a cannon for an arm. It's just 
teams are just going to go for it. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, but, you, yeah, so that. Where do you think's the best? If, if you're him or you're his agent, what do you think's the best landing spot for him? The Giants, 100%. The Giants have so many weapons, and then depending on what they do with Eli, like if Eli's still there, like he would obviously be a, a veteran presence to to help you along the way. And they just, they're stacked. I mean, they have. They have a top three running back. They have a top like five receiver. They have a, they have uh, weapons all over. So isn't that funny though? We we've said it and you've said it and and I couldn't agree more. Is all these teams they're they're one or two players, one or two decisions away from being a real contender. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's just, it's just the, the the fact of it. I mean, there's so many teams that you see do good for so long and then they don't 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 do good for a while, and then you see it and then vice versa like. You're just, I mean, the Seahawks were, were awful for so long. And then they get, you know, they get some key pieces. They get Russell Wilson, and it's just a game changer. You know what I mean? That, oh, I mean, yeah. They, and the Browns, I mean, look at the Browns. I mean, of course, the Browns had have had have had an ungodly amount of first-round draft picks. <laughs> I mean, they went from winning one game in two seasons to winning six this year and a tie. So, and then you, you add a couple more pieces, and next year you, you're almost you can almost double not double it. Yeah, but you're almost a 500 ball club after winning one game. Yeah, so I mean it's 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 crazy. So uh, that and I, and I really feel that about that's the NFL more than any team or any other league. I'm sorry, I feel that about every team is just a few players away, like a few key position players away from from being great. But and I don't think it's like that with with a lot of teams, just because. The nature of the of the NBA nowadays with the super teams and and baseball this, with the with the salary cap uh, there's no salary cap obviously so whoever has more money um, is going to be a better team which is what we've seen recently and then same with with kind of with hockey a little bit as well so that's why the NFL is like kind of a different a different animal when it comes to that so well uh before we dive into the nba i, I want to get your uh, thoughts on the i mean obviously dealing with uh all the drama pittsburgh's had to deal with this year already i mean you know this past season uh you know now add on the antonio brown uh debacle and there's talks that he wants to go to the 49ers i mean jesus what is what is happening I, in pittsburgh here i don't really know like what the 49ers stuff is like it uh, I mean, I know where it started from. Like, there was some weird Twitter stuff between him and a couple of the 49ers, 49ers players. And now, obviously, the greatest receiver ever to play the game, Jerry Rice, stepped up and said that he knows for a fact that Antonio wants to come to San Francisco. Um, you know, it's it's sad this stuff happened. But, uh, you know, Bruce Arians, who was uh, the Steelers' co- uh, offensive coordinator for a, a long time and became uh, the Cardinals' coach and stuff, he... You know, he said because he was there when when we drafted when the Steelers drafted Antonio Brown, and he said that he's just a different person. He's a diva now, and it's true. I think the the like we've spoke about this before. There's so much ego in in, in these games and in, in the sport and in all the sports. But I just think that he, I don't know. Like it seems like if all these stories are true, it seems like he's an egomaniac a little bit. I mean, he's had so many crazy social media things happen. He's had all, and I mean, you know, he's. He's apparently turned his back on his team, from what it sounds like. I mean, I don't. Nobody knows what's going on pers- personally. Like, nobody knows like if he's talking to any of the players. But I think he's had bad blood with Ben this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ben is also Ben says some stuff that shouldn't be said a lot, and I and I and I love the guy. Like, 
but he's I mean obviously Ben's had a, a checkered history as well so yeah um, but he's also he makes some statements to the media that you just shouldn't stay, uh, say as, as, a, as a leader but all this being said what did know, he made, what did he say that that was unsavory just like he he's, he's called out teammates like like actually physically called out teammates like per, like actually using names and kind of like almost seems like he's put blame blame on people for things but I, you know how the media is they also blow things out of proportion and stuff but all this being said like I'm a huge Steelers fan and grew up a Steelers fan like I love the Steelers I, I didn't grow up being you know like a an Antonio Brown fan like I'm a fan of Antonio Brown because he's a Steeler and the same with Le'Veon Bell so I made my peace with the Le'Veon Bell stuff and people could say whatever they want in my heart he's not a team player he is he is a money hungry and, and that's just how I feel about it. And I made my piece that he's not going to come back. Now, Antonio Brown, on the other hand, like, I personally think at this point, he's not going to be a stealer. Like, it sucks, but I have to look at the positive side from for my franchise. And I, and I think if, if there is a time to get rid of him, it's now. I mean, he's not, like, old, but he's getting to that point in his career where he's not getting any younger. Right. And he's – you're going to lose out on some money, but, like, you also can't deal with this – the negativity and the ego, like that's just not the Steelers. That's just not who they are, and that's not how the, who they've ever been. That's a, then, they you know, seem like a very no no BS professional yeah, ball club too. And I was watching ESPN, and, and somebody, I think it was, I don't know if it was around the horn or somebody made a good point. Um, actually, it might have just been on like NFL Live or something. But like, if Antonio Brown played with this with the Patriots, Bill Belichick would have traded him by now because it's smart. It's a smart move. I mean, and he's right. Like. The Steelers and the Patriots make a lot of similar moves. Like they know when things are right, when things are wrong. Right. Are a franchise of integrity, and with all the stuff, like our owner, he doesn't talk too much. But when he does talk, you know, you got to take it for you got to take it for what it is. And and he said that he it was it's hard to envision Antonio Brown on the Steelers. So it's unfortunate that the ego comes into this play. But I mean, that, I think that's what it is. Obviously, it doesn't seem like the Steelers did anything to Antonio Brown. I mean, they made him. What he is, I mean, that we drafted him when all those teams turned their they never. I mean, he was such a late pick, and we made him. I'm not saying like he's not great, but you know what I mean. We gave him a shot, and it just seems like all that's been lost. So, right. All said, like I said, I'm looking at like the the. Sorry to go on a huge rant. About no, it. no, not at all. You know, I I, I got to look at the positives of it, and if they do trade him, they're probably going to get a lot of good stuff for him, and and he obviously. He doesn't want to be there, and and I don't want to have to do like there was all these rumors that he wasn't showing up to practices this year, or, or showing up late and kind of picking and choosing, and, and that's just stuff that you can't do. So um, it's sad that we're going to lose. Uh, we lost Le'Veon, and we're probably going to lose Antonio. But you got to look at the positives, and uh, you know I'm not a guy of ego, and I and I hate that stuff. I think if you're a professional, you should act like a professional, and you should. I don't know, like, the team aspect is being taken away, and I understand everything is a business, but how much is too much? Like Exactly. If I'm going to give you four years, $70 million, and you turn that down because you want four years, like, $80 million, or I don't even, like, it's just insane to me. I mean, you have people who bust their ass week in, week out just to make a paycheck, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, and then you got, you know. So it's just unfortunate, but, but yeah, so... The way I see it right now, before I had like a 50-50 chance he was coming back to the Steelers. Now I think it's like, you know, maybe like 80-20 that, he that he's gone pretty much. I, I right. just don't back. So, But if he wants to go to San Francisco, by all means, go out to the NFC San Francisco and, you know, do your thing. <laughs> like, 
if that's what you want, then then do your thing, I guess. You know. Yeah. Good. Good luck if you if you're trying to to produce a winning ball club in San Francisco right now. Yeah, I mean they're they're in a, you know not not that I just I have any sort of ill will towards San Francisco. They have a young quarterback who's coming off a another big injury and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know why he would want to go to San Francisco. Maybe he just likes it out there. But uh, if that's what he wants, then uh, all for it. Whatever. Well, so, on, on that note, we'll move on uh, to the NBA. So uh, something uh, you had told me about, and I was uh, late on the news today, obviously. We'll touch on this. I mean, obviously, we don't have uh, too many crazy details, but uh, – the country of Turkey seeks a warrant for Ennis Cantor. Yeah, I mean, this morning I saw, like, just, uh, I didn't read too much into it. I just, I read a little bit of the article, but yeah, it looks like Turkey has some sort of warrant for, uh, for Ennis Cantor because of, uh, being accused of being a part of a terrorist group, right? Yeah, terrorist organization, accusing him of, uh, you know, patronizing and having a membership with a terrorist organization. It sucks too because I actually li- I like Dennis Cantor. I like how he used to stand up to all the big players. Thought that was funny. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope nothing crazy comes of that, and let's hope uh, he's not part of a terrorist organization. Yeah, well, I mean, I gotta imagine if they uh, if they're if they're making this big of a deal about it, there's gotta be some some sort of truth behind something. So, and um, uh, I'm sure you saw last night your. Uh, your uh, Philadelphia 76ers taking out and slaughtering the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I had to work actually late, so I didn't get to catch all the game, only like the very tail end of the, of the game. But um, it was a bloodbath and a lot of shade being thrown. Uh, Jimmy Butler and, and uh, Embiid throwing shade at, this, at the, the Timberwolves. So uh, kind of funny. Um, yeah, the Timberwolves are one of those teams that I always respected and uh, – it's so weird that they they see. I feel like they've had so much talent in and out of there, but they just can't get anything done. But it can't was just, yeah, it seems like they can't just put the puzzle pieces together uh, and get something going. But I will say it is a feel good story to see uh, Ryan Saunders, uh, son of the late great uh, Flip Saunders, uh, as the interim head coach. I, I feel like that's uh, that's cool to see. It's a it's a little odd that you know you have such a young you know a thirty two year old coach, but. Uh, that's a, like kind of a feel-good story to see him out there, and and obviously we saw him uh, last week after they uh, Timberwolves got a win. Uh, his, you know his first first as the interim head coach, and they you know showered him with uh, some uh, some bubbly. So that was uh, that was cool. I always thought Flip Saunders was a really stand-up uh, coach, and uh, you know one of the greats for sure. And uh, it's cool to see his son as the interim head coach right now at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, really cool, and I thought it was nice that Butler came out and gave him a nice, uh, yeah. nice hug. And, well, yeah, Flip was a mainstay in the NBA, so it's always cool when you see uh, the future generation of a, of a coach or even a player like sticking around. It's really cool. And oh, uh, LeBron's still out. That was another thing I wanted to make it a big deal. Yeah, about. I had watched this game, the game that he uh, had got the uh, groin injury. Um, and I really didn't think that he was going to be out for this long. I was expecting one, maybe two games, but he's still out, and he's to he's set to miss the the road trip the Lakers have coming up. Yeah, I don't really make it a big deal. Like, uh, I'm not really sure. I remember, like, uh, I didn't get to watch that game, but I saw the highlights, and I remember he he mouthed that something had popped. So maybe it's like a bigger injury than people know about. I'm not really sure. So. 
I mean, it's it sounds like at, at this point, just stay out till after the All Star break. I would assume. Yeah, I mean, you probably would, right? Because uh, I know people know. are going to want him to play in the All Star game, though, because he is a captain. Right, but uh, you got to look out for yourself on that. Plus, I mean, I mean, the Lakers are so. I don't know. I mean, I watched him play. Who did I watch? I watched him play a couple nights ago, and they're just so bad without him. It's just not even funny. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um. So, uh, to to kind of touch upon uh, my team, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, taking Boston to task. Uh, you know, yeah. Bo- Boston, who is my uh, who is my uh, finals favorite. Uh, I was kind of shocked to see my Nets, uh, my Nets, uh, take them to task and and pull out another W. And the the Nets are kind of flying under the radar right now as far as uh, what they're really doing. I I feel like the fro Jared Allen is uh, he's play, had a, a tremendous uh, season so far. He's really he's really coming into his own. And you know we still have Karis Levert still out with that uh, dislocated ankle, which looked a lot more serious at the beginning of the season when that happened, but. And, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell, someone, uh, you know, which is funny because so many people had, uh, I mean, Magic Johnson, namely, uh, saying that he's not a leader, he's not like a, you know, he's not like an all-star player or whatever, and D'Angelo Russell putting out solid numbers as well as, you know, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and, and their, their whole cast of characters are coming together and really uh, really putting together some, some solid wins against some solid uh, basketball clubs right now. Yeah, you know, they're one of those teams that's kind of under the radar. But, yeah, I mean, I think D'Angelo Russell was a big gift for them. And, you know, sometimes with these players, they just need to mature a little bit. And uh, I think he was one of those. Obviously, when he was with L.A., there was a lot of a lot of BS. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, if I was a Nets fan, I'd be, I'd be pumped on him. And I'd be pumped on the positives the team has uh, shown. Um, yeah. The, the Nets are one of those teams that, I don't know, like when when they announced the the whole Brooklyn Nets thing, I think people were very excited. But they're just kind of—it's weird how things work. They were they were, you know, they were they were so in the spotlight for a while with some of the players they had, but right now they're on a little bit of a low. But yeah, I mean, I think you gotta love their young talent. So. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it is it's a fun time to to be a Nets fan. Probably this is the most. Uh, excited i've been to be a nets fan since i mean i won't lie i was excited for like maybe three days when paul pierce and and kevin garnett uh went to the brooklyn nets (laughs) but obviously that was uh short-lived um and uh, i obviously wasn't expecting much but um but yeah this is the first time since the uh you know the jason kidd uh richard jefferson vince carter era that i've uh, been excited to be a nets fan so uh yeah, uh, great young team, and I hope they continue uh, putting together some wins against these solid uh, these solid NBA teams. So, um, something I wanted to talk about uh, with you is um, I know you're familiar with Zion Williamson. The oh yeah, star at Duke, and uh, I just want to shout out that Syracuse beat Duke the other night. That's yes, awesome. they did. Anyway, um, uh, there's a big thing going on right now. I don't know if it was Scottie Pippen, but a bunch of people in the media are saying right now that. Uh, he should stop playing for Duke and just wait, and then because he's going to be the number one overall pick, uh, and there's no question about that. So I just kind of want to get your take about that. Like, what? I mean, no one's ever really done that. Obviously, there used to be a rule where you didn't have to go to college, so guys would just go from high school right to the NBA. And then there's a couple guys who now you can go overseas or go into the G League instead of going to college. But 
And you know, I don't know if you've ever really seen a college player play for a little bit of the season, then sit the rest of the games just to uh, to, to you know to kind of save his health. And I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, and, and Pippen said this. I don't know. I, I just, well, a bunch of people have said it, but uh, there's like the jump on ESPN. I'm pretty sure it was Scottie Pippen who said it. He should. It was either him or McGrady. I can't remember. Uh, I did see them both uh, talking yesterday. I was watching them. Uh, I missed the Zion talk, but, I mean, there is some merit to that um, That take of, you know, should he, you know, sit to preserve himself? I mean, I, I mean, but in that case, like, okay, like, okay, if uh, – that means okay. Derrick Rose should sit the rest of the season because he wants to be healthy for next season. Well, I, just, I mean, Derrick Rose is you know he's been in the, the NBA for a long time, but I mean, you're just looking at your, like your brand of you know Williamson is a young guy and he's gonna like you said, no matter what, he's gonna be the number one pick, no matter who gets it. So the idea of him sitting out to save himself, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of where we're at with sports, but I just kind of wanted to get what people think about that. I mean, I think that would prove to, I mean, in my opinion, that would prove that he's selfish and he's just looking out for himself. Uh, but, but then I, again, aren't, I mean, if you're, if your perspective, if you're, you know, the number one prospect and you're almost all but guaranteed to be the number one draft pick for the NBA, I mean, are you doing yourself a disservice uh, by not looking out for solo yourself and, and being taking the time to be a little selfish at, at that at that point? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you probably a little bit maybe, but uh, and I and I and, and that all being said, like I do think there's a lot of people, a lot of guys who are in the NBA and a lot of teammates who would understand. Um, but my my take is no, he should play. Because if I'm the best player in college basketball right now, and I'm projected to be the number one, uh, me, you know, I'm obviously, I'm 70 pounds overweight and I'm 5'8", and I'm white with blonde hair. I ain't no basketball player as much as I'd love to be. Um, but, I mean, I'd want to go out there. I'd want to give it my all. I'd want to do do the best, and I'd want to put on a show, and I'd want to play basketball. Um, and I hope and I hope that he does. Exactly. That's, that is what he's going to end up doing, so... I just, I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on like that. All being said, and 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 kind of that's where we are. With like, because everyone's a brand now, you know. So. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's uh, unfortunately it's it's commonplace now in all of uh, professional sports. But I mean, it is it is what it is. But what are you gonna do? I mean, so right now, who would you say? Who do you think are the favorites? Um. To be in the finals right now, oh, it's tough, man. I mean, I, if I had to pick just a couple teams, like from the from each conference, I mean, in the East, obviously, like Toronto, and it's tough to count out Boston, and and then obviously being a Sixers fan, I would like to see that, and then Milwaukee, and then on the on the wet in the West, you know, like obviously the Warriors are tough to count out, especially with them getting Boogie back soon. Um, the Rockets, you know, I don't know the Thunder, maybe the maybe the Jazz. It's tough, you know what I mean? Like obviously, I don't. That's what I mean. You name these other teams, and you really like really like are the Jazz really going to go to the finals? Like they have a, they're a good team and they play really well, but like are they going to go to the finals? Exactly. You know I, mean? Uh, I mean, what 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 I think is really interesting because I mean, 
the Warriors are probably going to be in the finals. I mean, it's all there's only one team I really truly think could take out uh, the Warriors and be in the finals instead of the Warriors. And I know a lot of people are going to think and assume that I'm going to say the Houston Rockets. But no, I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they have the best chance of taking out uh, the Warriors this year. Really? I I really think once the All-Star break concludes, I think you're going to see... I mean, Paul George has had an amazing season. Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double right now. That's Yeah, I mean... Definitely, they're in the conversation, hundred percent. So, um, and I would love, I would love to see Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook do something special and uh, and uh, take the Golden State Warriors out if it comes to that. But um, in the East, this is the first time LeBron. This is the first season LeBron isn't in the East, and the LeBron has dominated the East for so long. The last team from the East that didn't have LeBron on their team that made it to the finals was what? It had to have been. The 2010 Boston Celtics, then, right? Yeah, that's the last one I can think of. When it was Boston, when Kobe went back to, or wait, no, what wasn't 2010 then, or was it? Who was in the? I'm trying to think because 2008 the Boston Celtics won it, and then 2009 Kobe won it, and then or you know the Kobe <laughs> the Lakers won it. Um, you know LeBron's been there. Would you know so many seasons with the Heat, and then he went back to the Cavs, and then uh, the Cavs went uh, went uh, went to the finals. Uh, what three years in a row, four years in a row? Um, so it's just it's so hard to to see. I mean, we're gonna have a new team from the East that probably hasn't been in the finals in recent memory in the finals. I mean. You could see the 76ers in the finals in the East. You could see the Toronto Raptors in the finals in the East. Um, I still believe Boston may put something together, but they're not looking very promising right now. Uh, because I am um, a stickler and I, I don't know any better, I'm sticking with the Boston Celtics to to put to put it together and end up in the finals um, against uh the Golden State Warriors, um, as much as I would like to see the o- Oklahoma City Thunder uh, be in the finals on the West. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's, like we talk about the Patriots, it's like it's tough to count against, uh, count out the Warriors, you know what I mean? I mean, they scored 51 points in the first quarter last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They, but they, honestly, if you're not if you're not able to do that once in a while with the amount of talent and the amount of shooting power that they have, then there's a real issue. That's why people are like, when they reach the Warriors, uh, reach these milestones, and people are kind of like, oh, my God, did you see the Warriors scored 51 points? Well, they have literally at least four deadly, and the most deadly shooters in all the NBA on their team. Like Kevin Durant. No, exactly. I mean Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and I think Clay Thompson sometimes overlooked. But I'll tell you what: if Clay Thompson ends up leaving Golden State, which is you know it looks like that's what's going to happen, whoever gets him is going to be sitting mighty mighty pretty when they get add Clay Thompson. If you add Clay Thompson to the Lakers, I mean. Imagine Klay Thompson and LeBron going against, uh, you know, going against the Warriors. And 
I mean, you could really see. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Warriors will still be in it, but if you see Clay Thompson leave and you see Kevin Durant leave, because they can't keep the salary, uh, can't keep paying these guys what what they're gonna want. So, if you see a Kevin Durant leave and then you see a Clay Thompson leave. I mean, what are you left with? You are left with Steph Curry, and I really do think he could put something uh, special together and and have a good run. But, I mean, you throw Klay Thompson on the Lakers and you have Klay Thompson and LeBron on a team, you're you're looking at some serious damage offensively with those two. Oh, 100%. And that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, it it speaks volumes uh, about the super team thing. I think we'll see what's going to happen in these next couple uh, seasons? Like, are, are guys going to stay or are they going to go somewhere else? And, and I think maybe I would like to see a, an end of the super team era personally, but that's just me. Um, but what wouldn't it be something, though, if you see uh, a Clay Thompson go somewhere like Utah with Donovan Mitchell? Imagine those two. I mean, that would be – I would love it, honestly. And that's what I'm talking about, like teams like that. Like, you just don't see guys go there. No, they're not big markets. They're not desired places. But, I mean, if one of these guys like a Clay Thompson is smart enough to say, listen, I don't care. Can you imagine Clay Thompson going to the Denver Nuggets right now? I mean, he, it would be – that would be – those are two places I would love to see him end up or is Denver and or Utah. Well, yeah, somewhere like that. That would be really cool. And, and these guys can pick, like, what they do. You know what I mean? Le- LeBron, LeBron, when he went to the Heat, he made – like, he picked – and, and, and these guys, they hold their, their destiny in their own hands, you know what I mean? And I think everyone just wants to win a championship so bad that they feel like they have to go to these super teams. But all it takes is one player to be like, you know what? I'm going here. And then it starts something completely different, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what the rest of the season has in store in the, in the next couple of years, too. All right, Eric, it's time. Let's run the ropes. Big things happen in uh, WWE lately. I kind of like it. A little changing in the guard. We see uh, Finn Balor finally up for the title again. Pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, I feel like they're doing the right things, uh, but it's. Uh, I think they're they are in dire need. And right around the time that Vince came out and the McMahon, you know, him and Stephanie and Shane and Triple H came out and they said, you know, this is you know a new era. This is you know something new is going to start happening. We've been seeing a little bit more. Briske content with, uh, like, Alexa Bliss being a little uh, scantily clad in the back. Um, Obviously, there's a different feel with Becky Lynch kind of uh, taking the helm as, like, one of the main uh, female uh, wrestlers right now. And, uh, obviously, them finally putting Finn back in a position to uh, hold the title. Um, So there is a bunch of new stuff happening, but... The re- I think there's a catalyst behind it, and I think that is because it was just revealed that Vince um, offered, and there was an offer out for one, Jericho, who is now in All Elite Wrestling, which is uh, the Khan family who owns uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, has now funded this new uh, promotion, All Elite Wrestling, with Cody Rhodes being the vice president of operations, his wife being the chief branding officer, and obviously the Young Bucks being a very, very involved in this, and obviously being a part of it as well as Cody. Um, yeah, I think like one of them is a COO, actually. So. Yes, yes, and it's uh, you, know, it's I think that when they saw because the Bucks 
it was revealed, and I think the Wrestling Observer um, and Dave Meltzer, that piece of trash, um, actually came out and uh, had some info on the details of the contract. And some of them were being like, some of the details were them being able to opt out, have creative say. They could say no to certain things um, on top of a lot of money. Um, but they smartly decided to go with the venture that they were you know, it, the wheels were turning, and I think you and I had talked about there was rumors initially that Jim Ross and Chris Jericho had uh, a company, you, you know, something happening. But obviously, it was uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, and uh, the the uh, the Khan family that were putting together this uh, all elite wrestling, which also has signed um, Pac, who is better known as Neville from the WWE. He he is yeah. in he is in there now. And I think that the whole changing of the guard, the changing of times that Vince and, and you know, uh, all of our figureheads in the WWE came out and said, I think they saw that once all of that all that fell through, they realized they had to do something different, and they're they're slowly easing in some of these changes um, because we got a real contender now. I mean, we have a legit contender, and and the rumors are swirling that they are talking with big big networks to have this televised and obviously their first event is double or nothing at the MGM grand in Las Vegas in May. Um, so this is huge news and this is, uh, this is kind of unprecedented in the last, you know, 18 years, you know, we're rolling up on 18 years that WCW has been closed and obviously TNA, which later became impact has not really shown to be anywhere near as much of a contender, but them getting, uh, all elite, obviously, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes have such a huge following and such a merchant. They're so well merchandised. You know, the elite, um, you know, former Bullet Club. They're so well merchandised and so many people know. And, and you and I have been out in public in things that weren't exactly wrestling events. And we were seeing you had a Young Bucks shirt on and kids were walking up to you at a horror convention that we were at to sweeting you. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's safe to say that uh, in this day and age, you no longer need to be in the WWE to make a solid living and to be uh, a household name. Well, to be a big name in wrestling, I think. Uh, Absolutely not. The Young Bucks and that whole first wave of the Bullet Club, including guys who are in the WWE right now, like Finn and AJ Styles and, uh, you know, Machine Gun Carl Anderson and... Uh, and Luke Gallows there. Those guys in particular, I think that was like the first, the first wave of the Bullet Club kind of, it started it all. And then, and then, you know, you got to give it to Matt and Nick Jackson. Those two guys are geniuses and they, and they've just taken it to a whole new level. I mean, they're, it's insane. I mean, to think that, uh, you know, there's guys who, they're such great wrestlers. They're so big and they're making so much money that, that you know, I don't even need to go to WWE. What, what would be the sense? And, and we talk about this all the time being big wrestling fans like i i there's so many great wrestlers I, you know i watch a lot of I, obviously i am a big wwe fan i watch weekly and i'm a big new japan fan i'm a big roh fan those are like my key go-tos but it's a it, it's just an interesting time um where there's guys who i absolutely love and i think to myself like i don't know if i'd ever want to see them in wwe because they would just get lost in the old, shuffle old in the, in the shuffle like you got these name, these huge name wrestlers who who you, you you know are just top talent, and and I just don't. 
I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. I love Kenny Omega. I love everything about him. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. I love his gimmick. I love his his passion for the sport. But honestly, I don't know if I would want to see him in the WWE because I don't know what they would do with him. Would they push him and make him a front? He's not a Vince kind of guy. Uh, so would they make him a big name? I don't know. Like I love AJ Styles, and I and I do like they've kept AJ Styles fairly uh, prominent in the business, but. There's other guy like Nakamura, world class, and they kind of, you know, you never know. He's he's up, he's down, and and the same with Finn. Finn being up now, but it's uh, being a wrestling fan. It's a it's a wonderful time, obviously, because now you uh, the with the all elite being added, it gives you another platform to watch these guys, and uh, and I think it's a great thing, and, and just how genius, and and not even just them, the the was it the Khan family or whatever who owns uh, the Jaguars how smart are they to, to realize they, they pick up on this like there's something we get there's something here let's be a part of this and, they, and they're making it huge so. well that Tony Khan who is the guy that uh you know is is you know names on the end of the, all the contracts uh he's a big wrestling fan and I just heard him on Xbox um uh, podcast talking about what a huge wrestling fan he was seems very in touch with what's going on and smartly enough, knew that knew who he was dealing with when he started talking with Cody Rhodes and, of course, the Young Bucks. And uh, you know, it's it's you know, and to get a name like Jericho signing for the long term, signs a three year contract with All Elite. You know, that's 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 big for them. Yeah, that's what and that's what I love about Jericho too. Is he's smart and he keeps when he was with the WWE, he kept himself relevant. When he comes back, he keeps himself relevant. He goes to New Japan, he keeps himself relevant. And he sees where the where the where the stars are, where, where the spotlight is, and I think this was a great move for him. And it you know brings legitimacy to their their brand, what they want to do. Obviously, being the MGM uh, Grand in Las Vegas is a huge is a great venue, uh, a well known venue. You know, it's kind of synonymous with uh, you know big blockbuster uh, pay per views. I mean, obviously with the UFC. Um, so there is you know. And this comes off the heels of Cody Rhodes doing the all-in uh, promotion in Chicago, um, you know. And this is this is huge, huge because you're gonna give guys like listen, guys whose contracts are gonna be up in the WWE are gonna say, "Holy, holy crap! I want to go work with the Young Bucks. I want to go work with Jericho." You know what I mean? These guys are gonna have another avenue, another another place to go that is desirable um yeah, and, for the first know, time since 2000 before 2001 definitely i mean all elite was the difference with them is like obviously you have uh roh who roh was a special place in my heart i used to go to a lot of roh shows when i was younger but um they obviously know that what's made roh even bigger is is the Young Bucks and guys like that. So I think now people will see this all elite as like a, you know, like a legitimate business where they don't have to be worried about what they get into. You know, sometimes ROH, I, I don't know. I guess you just never know what you're getting into. It just seems like it, it, the all elite has a little bit more legitimacy. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, with uh, Impact uh, is still got their head above water from what i hear they're doing good things i really haven't watched but i he- hear they are still they're doing some good stuff now that they've disassociated themselves a little bit with the tna brand but i really truly think that uh with all elite coming into the fold this could be a stake in the heart of impact um 
it's really going to, because Kenny Omega's contract with New Japan ends at the end of January. It's really interesting to see where he's going to end up. Does I he, think d- that there's something, there's something with that, because like we spoke about via text, if he was going to stay with, with, if he was going to go with All Elite, he probably wouldn't have to physically leave New Japan. You know what I mean? He exactly. Could, so I don't know if it's just them trying to somebody trying to create like a bunch of buzz, which is what it did, obviously, because as soon as you heard that his contract was expiring and he wasn't returning, obviously the WWE rumors and whatever. So I personally think that I just I don't know. I mean, I unless love listen, unless there is some dialogue in these AE uh, all elite uh, contracts that say you can't compete elsewhere but i feel like they wouldn't do that because they yes. do have such a good relationship with uh yeah, with... They're, and they're like, yeah cause, and i don't i just don't picture them doing that because like you said they're they have great relationships with a lot of with like pro wrestling gorilla and they still do pro, pro wrestling gorilla and they were doing a lot of roh and they're really tight with the roh guys so i just i can't see them completely turning their backs on those uh, brands but i tell you what if they if that is the stipulation in the contracts and Man, that's a huge hit to uh, to like ROH and, and all those other other companies, you know. Exactly, and it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next few months. Needless to say, this is some of the most exciting times in wrestling in in recent memory. Honestly, yeah. Well, like I like we speak about like I've talked about this before. I mean. I think that when it comes to, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I watch almost every day something, some sort of facet of wrestling. Um, I think that WWE has one of the most legit rosters that they've ever had, from from top, from Raw, SmackDown, to to NXT in the bottoms. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think that is a they have one of the best rosters uh, they've ever had, and I think. Um, you know, New Japan with all the Japanese guys alone have some of the most talented guys in the world, and then you bring in, you know, the the Bullet Club Elite, and then the Bullet Club Cutthroat era that's going on right now. I mean, I think it's um, it's just an amazing time. And then with ROH, with the ROH staples, and then they bring in a lot of new people as well. So um, it's it's just a great time for wrestling. Being a wrestling fan is like uh, I don't know if we ever thought watching in the early two thousands or that we would see uh, an era like this, you know what I mean? So, I mean, New Japan has been around forever. <laughs> it's not like it's a new company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but it's huge right now, and uh, and I think, you know, some of the American guys definitely have helped that. So, um, yeah, like I said, just a great time to be a pro wrestling fan and uh, so much good talent out there. You know what? I, I equate, and a lot of people like to kind of bash professional wrestling, and, uh, you know, we've been fans our entire lives. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, and I mean, we get so heated and we talk a lot about during our active seasons, obviously, we're talking a lot about uh, the NFL, the NBA, but I don't think it can be understated what fans we are ourselves of, of all wrestling because we've watched our entire lives. And I don't think anything's been more consistent and more like in our face, like we have ate, sleep, slept, and breathed wrestling. Um, um, and obviously, a, a big part of our friendship has been talking about wrestling and, and talking about the old times of wrestling and obviously, like, being such fans growing up and stuff. 
this is I've equated wrestling to it has its ups and its downs, but I kind of equate wrestling to being the the Chuck Taylors of of uh, footwear of wrestling. Like um, you know, they yeah, are they the most popular selling shoe all the time? No. But guess what? Wrestling fans are still out there. You st- still see people walking around with Chuck Taylors on. You'll never not see people wearing Chuck Taylors. If you go through, you'll always see someone wearing a pair of Chuck Taylors. They are a staple in, you know, footwear as wrestling is a staple in entertainment, and they have their dedicated fans. Most of the time, the people who buy Chuck Taylors own several pairs, have always owned Chuck Taylors, will always love Chuck Taylors. So, right. so it's kind of, you know what I mean? There's always going to be a dedicated fan base, um, whether or not it's popular in the mainstream or not. Um, and that'll never yeah, that, go away. No, yeah, wrestling is embedded into our society if people want to uh, agree with that or not. I mean, I think you have wrestling. I think if you were you to get the average age of a wrestling fan, um, it's 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 a lot different than people probably would expect who aren't wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Exactly. And to uh, to 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 touch back on the all elite stuff, did you see who they had? It actually had been uh, reported that all elite had reached out to CM Punk, but it seems as though he has uh, little to no interest in being involved in wrestling again. Um, at least that's what reports say. But what would your be your take if uh, CM Punk actually did come to All Elite? I feel like that would one hundred percent put them so far over the top, and uh, the Khan family has enough money to make something really, really enticing for CM Punk. I think um, as Jericho had had uh, just reported that uh, he, you know, the Khan. The contract that the Khan family and All Elite Wrestling had gave Jericho, he said, was one of the best contracts he's ever gotten. Yeah, I mean, well, when it comes to CM Punk stuff, I will say I don't believe much when it comes to his name, just because exactly. There's been yeah. so many there's been so many rumors, but I love I do I am a little bitter with CM Punk just because I I understand why he left, but I just I love him so much as a wrestler that I didn't want to see him leave wrestling, but um. I feel like wrestling as a whole took a hit when he left. I feel like it just wasn't, for a while, it wasn't the same. And it's not even because I'm such a huge fan or you were such a huge fan. But it really, I don't know, it's just something, something just like didn't seem right after he left. I I can't explain it. But at the same time, it's also been so weird to see him transition into a UFC, like, you know, wrestling or wrestling, uh, fighting a few times in the UFC and stuff. Um, but would you, would you, would you rather he stay disconnected and not involved in wrestling ever again? Which, you know, see, seemingly he, that's the way he, he feels bitter towards the business. Um, but what would you, what would be your thoughts if he did come into an all the all elite? I mean, honestly, I, I want him to be to wrestle again, and I agree with you when you said that um, wrestling took a hit. I think like WWE took a huge hit because he they needed that like that like the anti-hero that was CM Punk. They needed that for a while. I think they've gotten it back, but uh, you definitely saw a hit in their business. But yeah, I mean, that's what I, I love CM Punk as a wrestler. I don't like him as a UFC fighter. I understand why he did it, but 
he obviously his two fights he lost both of them the first one he lost off like one of the worst fights i've ever seen but um <laughs> he you know i would like to see him come back as a wrestler and wherever he comes it, it, all elite would be awesome but it, even if he came back to the wwe which i don't think he ever will just because of what's happened but uh you know, I don't know. I mean, I loved him as a wrestler. I watched him in ROH back in the day a lot. Uh, and do you? He, yeah. So I mean, I would love it. Do you think it enti- it might entice him to think that someone could go there? I mean, uh, people always say like no one could really compete with Vince and what Vince does because Vince has just built an empire. But do you think there is maybe if let's say, you know, for uh, argument's sake that he was contacted. He was, they said, what do you need to come in? And he says, there's nothing you need me, there's nothing you could do to get me to come. And he gets some crazy, insanely lucrative deal. Um, Do you think he has a little buy-in? Because, like, oh, shit, like, it's the Young Bucks. It's, you know, possibly Kenny Omega, if Omega did come to All Elite. But it's the Young Bucks. It's Cody Rhodes, some of the hottest guys in wrestling right now, Jericho. Um, Wow, these guys... Is it a little enticing for him to be like, it would be nice to grind Vince's gears to come out and have a really, you know, have the success that these guys have had in New Japan, especially merchandising with the Young Bucks and the Bullet Club, have that. Now you're, you have more, you have more uh, eyes on the product getting an American television deal potentially, you know, is there, is, is there some enticement for him? Like to to kind of stick it to Vince and have another company start and have another option for guys that don't want to be in WWE or don't feel like it's the only place for them. Is there some enticement for him to to join uh, All Elite to to just kind of stick it to Vince? I apologize for that loud noise just now. By the way, oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Um, I think the enticement there. I don't think it's obviously monetary because I think he's made so much money. Between- oh God, yes. I know he complained about how much money he was making with the WWE, but I still think he made a lot of money with them. And I think, obviously, with what he's made with the UFC, uh, I think he's he's not hurting for money per se. Um, so I think if he did come back, it would be like you just said, like it would he would do it to to spite Vince and that and Triple H more Triple H probably because um, it seems like that's where a lot of his bad blood lied or lays was with Triple H. Oh, but, um, definitely. I can see that. I can see him coming to do that, but I can see him staying away. Another thing I question is, and I would like, I would wish I could talk to him personally because I want to know, like, how since he's been gone, I wonder how much wrestling he's watched or paid attention to. I mean, he made his his career with wrestling. He wrestled for so long in the indies all over the world. You know, a staple in ROH and in the, in the Midwest as well. I want to know, like. Is he watching? Has he watched any of the WWE? Has he watched any New Japan? Has he watched any ROH? Like, does he know what's happening? Like, I'd imagine he's got to know, right? Like, he has to know, like, how the the era and everything has changed. Or maybe he's not. I don't know. Like, do you think he's he's actively watching wrestling? He might tell you no, but I think he is. Part of me has got to think that he would be, just because it was such a passion for so long. Like, I will say this: I know that keep his ear to the streets like he's got to know what's what i know the the buffalo promotion um that had uh a car accident involving a bunch of buffalo wrestlers um andy williams of every time i die who obviously wrestles for that little promotion um posted a, a gofundme page 
about these wrestlers that got hurt in this car accident and they were hurting and CM Punk retweeted it, you know, said anybody who's a friend of Andy's is a friend of mine. Please help these guys out. Uh, you know, they're, they're hurting and they're in the business or whatever. And I thought that was interesting because if he was so bitter and so disconnected from the wrestling, I feel like maybe he wouldn't, uh, draw attention to himself, especially something like that, that is, you know, connected to wrestling. It's just little things like that. And maybe I'm reading into it way, way more than that. But, um, I think if he said that he wasn't, I think he would probably be, uh, fibbing a bit. And, uh, there's no way he doesn't know how big the young bucks and the bullet club have become because they're the most merchandised and most sold merchandise in wrestling the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I got to think, like I said, it's such a passion of his. There's no way he's not watching. Um, or not, at least not being in the know a little bit. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't picture him coming back. And if he does, I, I just don't picture him coming back anytime soon. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. He seems like he's a man of his word. So Yeah, I will agree with that. And I know before he said, I don't know. But you never know. I mean. Who's, what if all uh, elite offered him some sort of crazy contract and he's like, oh, man, I can't turn this down. Well, can you imagine? I feel like that they would if they say ten appearances, one match. Yeah, I mean, twenty-five million dollars, something crazy. Well, I don't know if they they have that kind of if they could offer him that much, but I mean, I'm just I saying it might take it might take something crazy well, yeah, like that for it to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, obviously, he's still to this day. I mean, there's every every time they go to Chicago or even to some other places, the WWE, there's CM Punk chants. So, oh yeah. Well, you uh, know, you know what a big CM Punk fan I am as well. So obviously, I would, I would, you know, salivate uh, knowing he's coming back into wrestling in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like I, I loved him, and, and I thought um, I was really bitter. I'm not gonna lie. Like I know it sounds like a little kid, but I was really bitter when he left. I, I thought. Uh, I mean, I understand, obviously, now hearing everything when he did Cabana's, like, podcast and stuff, but um, just being a wrestling fan, I just loved, I loved, uh, I loved him, so, you know, I hope he does come back someday in some facet of the business, but we will definitely see. Um, but to move on from that, I wanted to ask you, we obviously have a pay-per-view coming up, um, with the some with the old Royal Rumble coming up, I wanted to get your take on who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble. <sighs> I really have no idea, but I will. I do think it's going to be a surprise win. I don't think it's going to be an expected win. Um, <laughs> you know who I would love to see win the Royal Rumble? Um, I think he's going to have a match because he was attacked last night. Um, but does. I'm not even sure if he's in the Royal Rumble, but I would love to see Mustafa Ali win the Royal Rumble. I mean, I I think I can speak for you and a lot of other fans. I, I love him, and I think it's great that he's... Uh, I, I think it's great that that guy is getting uh, the hype he's getting. I'm, I'm excited, so... Um, I would love to see... That'd be an interesting one. Uh, definitely, there's plenty of people. My prediction... Um, and again, I don't even know the full lineup, but there's yeah, obviously we know how many people enter, so almost everyone's entering. So uh, I kind of think that Drew McIntyre is going to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, that would be a good that'd be a good win. Talk about a talk about a career arc that guy's had from being in three the three man band to to where he is now. Yeah, I mean, again, another guy who left and just showed that he's an amazing wrestler. And I 
you know, I love his look. I love everything about him. I love his, like, gimmick. I know he's not, like, a superstar on the mic, but he's good enough. And I think when you th- – I, I got to think that Vince loves everything about him. He's a oh, huge, he's got him. I mean, he's a monster. And he looks natural to me. Like, that's what I love about him, too. He just looks like a naturally, like, athletic, like, in great shape. I don't know. I love his look. And I, I personally think that – He's going to get a push coming up again, like a real push. And I, and I think that, I don't know, for some reason, when I think about the Royal Rumble, like who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Like You want to know, you want me to give you uh, something crazy? Let's hear it. Now, granted, with the Rumble coming up, we have several guys that are on the fringe of coming back. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. But you know who I would love? This is my prediction. I'll predict it right now. Okay. Bray Wyatt comes back at the Royal Rumble and wins. I mean, I would, I personally would love that because you know I'm a huge player of Bray Wyatt. Mark, I think it's a, a fallacy, like how, what his career has been like in the WWE. Like, and, and and even the fans. Like sometimes I hate the fans when they do the what bullshit. Like uh, part of my French again, but uh, he's great. He was masterful on the mic, and he's an athletic big guy, and I loved everything about him. And he went, he fell to the wayside. The stuff with the uh, with the woke and Matt Hardy was pretty funny, uh, and I and I didn't mind it to be honest with you. And I, those like crazy matches they had were, were fun. I when he comes back, I hope uh, they do big things with him. Um, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I, I could picture Kevin Owens winning the Rumble over over him. Is that sad? I mean, I just think that I just that feels like it's more realistic to me. But they they got to do something new if they want to keep up with what all elite could possibly bring could bring the heat. If Vince wants to stay ahead of the curb, he's got to make big changes and he's got to do some bold things. And fortune favors the bold, and no one knows that better than Vince McMahon. I I mean agreed. But who? I mean, but who wins? That's what I mean. Like who's who's the guy to win? Who comes? Do you bring someone back to win, or you know who 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 wins? Do I, you here? Here's something crazy. It, this is the, and you know what? He knows exactly what he's doing now too, because I feel like no one really knows who's gonna win. And if it is like you know Drew McIntyre, I'll be happy. But what if what if he does something extremely crazy? What if? He calls up to the Royal Rumble, Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream comes in, wins the Royal Rumble. I mean, I love uh, Patrick Clark. He's he's another great wrestler, and when he found that like gimmick, I think it really put him over, and that's great. Uh, but they don't usually do that. They don't usually bring guys in. To, I don't know. Do you? I think they got it. That's what I'm saying, dude. They gotta, they gotta do something crazy. They gotta do something way different. They really gotta, they gotta go, they gotta go different. They gotta go bold to stay ahead of what Ali is going to bring. I mean, I agree with you, and I and I would love for something like that to happen. I just don't, I don't know. Maybe do you know could... how crazy that crowd would go if he did come? Velveteen Dream came in, wins the Royal Rumble. Do you know how crazy that crowd would go? I mean, I would like to think they would definitely there would be a huge pop and they would mark it out. So I hope so. But yeah, I mean, I think it's that's that's a bold prediction. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I just think yeah, like if I had to put good money on it, I would just put like obviously Drew Max won and I, and I, like you said, like Kevin Owens. I can picture Kevin Owens winning it. Um, I, listen, I know we they, always maybe they do bring someone in that we don't. You know, maybe Kenny Omega comes out and gives somebody the one winged angel and it's all over. <laughs> like, I, don't get me wrong, like I say all this stuff about I don't know if I'd want him to come, but if that happened, I would 
flip out. You know I would mean? listen. I'm gonna be watching the Rumble. If Kenny Omega came out. I'm pretty sure I would just grab my TV off the stand and throw it because I'd be so <laughs> stoked. Yeah, I mean it would be exciting, but uh, you know who knows. So listen, here's another bullet. Who's another? Saw AJ, we saw AJ premiere at the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, so. that's that that right. I watched the Royal Rumble. I got the WWE Network, and I I did the trial to watch the Royal Rumble because there was the rumor mill swirling that AJ was premiering, and that. AJ Styles coming to WWE brought me back into the WWE. I I I didn't watch it from from uh, CM Punk leaving. I rarely watched it from CM Punk leaving until AJ premiered. So almost two full years, I I sparingly watched. I was watching uh, mostly New Japan whenever I could uh, at that point. Yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love AJ, AJ Styles, world, world class, you know that, he's like a top five wrestler for me, I love Oh, him. So, absolutely. You know, when he came in, and that's what I'm saying, like, I'm excited about how they've, uh, they've kept him relevant, he's been strapped up, he's been non-strapped up, but he's always relevant, so, it's it's a good thing, but yeah, when, talking about the Royal Rumble, I just hope it's nothing stupid, I hope, you know. No schmas. I don't want Batista coming out and winning it. I don't, yeah, no Batista, no Braun Strowman, I, I'm so, I just hate Braun Strowman so much, I just... We should just do one full podcast episode about how much we I hate Braun Strowman because that's how much I hate him. We'll get Sean on. Sean can talk about how much he loves him, and uh, we'll just bash on him because it's just, that's what the WWE needs to get away from is, is guys like him. Absolutely, he's not even a believable monster. He's just so stupid. It's just I don't know. Like it's just so stupid. A guy that I believe that's like a super powerful, strong guy is a guy like Drew McIntyre or even like Jinder Mahal. Like he looks real, not just like some. Huge dumb bodybuilder comes in. Like, love, t- love Jinder Mahal. Love that he had a title run too. Yeah, like that's the only thing. Like Jinder is like the perfect heel. He proved that to you, and he has a look like that. Uh, they, they made him so relevant, and then now he's just. I mean, he did have a spot with with McMahon last night with Big Vinny, but uh, <laughs> which was great. You know, yeah, which was hilarious, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just like so much stuff. It's just like it's so stupid. They they just. They like pick and choose, and then they can they just bury you, kind of. Oh yeah. To uh to kind of wrap this up, uh, because this has been this might be our longest episode, and I like it. Yeah, but well, we've been flowing, that's for sure. Um, I'll leave you with this, and I want your thoughts on it. And I know it's highly unlikely, but what do they say in the wrestling business? Never say never. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay something on you. Let's hear it. Number twenty five. Okay. Hypothetically, this is my pipe dream. Number 25. Cult personality plays. <laughs> How? Now, I don't think any wrestler, Kenny Omega, anybody, I don't think anybody could walk through that arena when that music plays and you would uh, right now you would not get a bigger pop out of Austin in his prime uh Hogan in his prime um anyone do you how what would uh, the, the the reaction that it would gar- garner from any everybody if CM Punk did come out obviously we know he's not we know he's it's just not going to happen but I mean yeah it would argue be like it would arguably be the biggest 
pop ever, maybe. Because they would mark five years. Last Royal Rumble, 2014. But uh, I just don't, yeah, it's not going to happen. But it would be, that's, it's funny to think about, fun to think about. Exactly, it's fun to think about, at the very least. Now, uh, uh, to, to, to wrap this up, we would be uh, morally remiss if we didn't mention the passing of uh, Mean Gene Okerlund since the last time we did our... Um, did our did an episode yeah. so i mean in my, in my opinion like there's like three voices of of pro wrestling well not i mean there's a lot but i'm saying for me personally there's a couple of voices that are synonymous with wrestling in my youth and and obviously mean gene is, is one of those people i mean so many great vignettes and spots and just hilarious dude like and and you know rate Rated that like golden age of wrestling. I mean, the guys he worked with. I mean, the impact he left on wrestling community and the other wrestlers alone is, is uh, it just speaks volumes. And he's uh, like I said, he's got that voice, and right up there with me. I mean, one of the most synonymous voices in all of pro wrestling. You know him and, and Jim Ross and stuff. So um, yeah, sir, you know, uh, definitely missed. Obviously, like it's a huge hit. I feel like we you know always. Every year we deal with all these huge losses and uh, everywhere, but especially in the wrestling business, I feel like we we've uh, we've hit, had a lot of hits lately. So uh, uh, Mean Gene definitely never be forgotten. And like I said, the voice of a whole wrestling generation, pretty much. So yeah, when you uh, when you talk about uh, most memorable voices ever, you can't say Hulk Hogan without thinking about Mean Gene, and that is a huge testament to how great. Gene Okerlund was. Yeah, I mean, Hulk, so many people, you know what I mean? You can't, you think about every time Flair came out and did the mean, woo, Gene, like, it's oh, just yeah. like, and like I said, so many, he did so much, so all those hilarious vignettes he did, and just, he was just a hilarious dude, so. Um, and, uh, you know, someone who always looked like uh, he was having a blast, too. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I'm 100%. I mean, I think I, when they showed like the tribute to him, I think they kind of showed that. Like he talked about how it was just like the greatest time of his life, obviously. So, and you know, it really it gives you chills and and it gives you a feel good, uh, you know, feel good, uh, you know, put something that makes you feel really good when you hear him talk about how much the wrestling business gave him. You know. Yeah, I mean, a fruitful life he lived through it. So, I mean, he was with the company between WCW and. WWE, WWF for a long time, so. I mean, and people can say, uh, if you could say a million things, uh, I mean, the Macho Man, uh, I feel like him and the Macho Man uh, had, like, hilarious uh, back and forth during uh, Macho's promos. Obviously, Macho's my favorite of all time, but um, if anybody wants to have a testament to how important Mean Gene Okerlund was, I mean, obviously, he was... You know, during Hulk, the the Hulkamania, the prime of Hulkamania, was friggin' holding the stick for Hulk every time Hulk talked. Right. But he you can w- say that's kind of what wrestling is missing is somebody like that, because they just have like these nameless girls they get root of every so often. But I'll tell you what. But with that, you know where Mean Gene also was. He was also holding the stick when the biggest baby face of all time. Made his heel turn at Bash of the Beats in 1996. <laughs> That's true. You know, and you think about that. You think about he has been for mo- monumental moments in that those eras of wrestling. 
Mean Gene was there, and he was holding a stick, and he was asking the tough questions. Yeah, like so, I said, the golden era, the golden age. So. R.I.P. Mean Gene, uh, 100%. Uh, will be missed and uh, never, uh, never duplicated, that's for sure. No, you're never going to see somebody like that, that's what I mean. Ever. Oh, gone. But all right, uh, this has been uh, the Babbleheads podcast. Hope everyone's enjoyed it. Please uh, spread the word. We are on uh, Twitter at Babbleheads uh, Podcast and on Instagram at Babbleheads Podcast. Uh, you can follow us and check us out there and listen wherever uh, you listen, download, stream uh, your podcast. So Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher. Uh, literally anywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Please spread the word. If you know anyone who is a fan of sports and or wrestling, uh, we have been your hosts. I am Jesse. And I am Eric. And uh, this has been another edition of the Babbleheads podcast, and we shall see you next time.